Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now everything i learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy whether one line of plot holes or two it is poopies It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy A rescue crew investigates a spaceship that has disappeared into a black hole and has now returned to someone or something new on board This is Event Horizon Yes Ah. Event Horizon Um Really the only movie you can follow the devil's advocate up with. Really, yep. Same year, same... Uh, I even watched it probably the same day for the first time as last week's entry, Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Uh, again, when I was in recovery from a major car accident. <laughs> <laughs> so after watching this movie, you can understand why I did not care for it much at <laughs> all. <laughs> this movie is amazing. Watching it again, I... I never really appreciated this yeah. movie, uh, just from like a visual standpoint. Sure, some of the the effects and stuff are a little dated, but all right. But, so, as yeah. somebody who is not a fan of like gore, I really like this movie. Okay. I know. I know that sounds weird, but like I don't know. It's just. It's so over-the-top ridiculous. See, I'm going to see if I can get a hold of the director's cut for you to watch with me. That's an extra half hour of basically just... Part. You I know what? I feel like I, I won't like that one as much. Oh I God. like that this is just like little flashes of like, ooh, that's disturbing. Okay, it's gone. Before we get into that, I'm Steve. And I'm Lizzie. And this is Everything I Learned from Movies. Everything I Learned from Movies. Yes. And today we're talking about Event Horizon, as we mentioned. But first, you a little thirsty, sweetie? Mm, I'm super thirsty, and I feel like I might be sinking into a black hole of mm. some sort. I just, I don't know, I'm just sinking like, deeper and deeper. Like an empty black abyss of some sort? That's exactly what it is. I'm sinking into the abyss. Interesting. I think I have a beer just for you. It's called The Abyss. Yay! Yeah, 2015 Reserve Ale from Deschutes Brewing up in Oregon. Vend, uh, Oregon? Yeah, Vend, Oregon. The Abyss, malt beverage brewed with black strap molasses, licorice, cherry, bark, and vanilla added with 21% aged in oak bourbon barrels, 8% aged in oak barrels, and 21% aged in oak wine barrels. Uh, apparently, it's an interesting little mix that they made. Kind of like a, is it a barley wine, probably? Well, I think, I think it just said, it said what it was in the beginning of your description there. The reserve. Oh, malt beverage brewed with uh, blackstrap molasses. Uh, it's dark. It's deep. It's mysterious. This, oh, here we go. This imperial stout has immeasurable depth, inviting you to explore and discover its rich, complex profile. 
The flavor of this special brew draws you in further and further with each sip. The abyss beckons. Enjoy the journey. Oh, just one moment, I will uh, pop the top on this uh, wax-covered seal. Alright, so yeah, so this one comes dipped in wax, which makes it really pretty. It's got a really nice, like, brown, fancy label. I'm so excited for this. Oh, he's trying to get it on. Oh, shit. He can't get it off. He just can't get it off. Oh, here we go. Got it. Oh, shit. The wax. The wax. Ah, the wax is in the way. Alrighty. He is working at it. Oh, there we go. Here we go. Well. Alright, well, he got it off. It went. Got it off. It's <laughs> a little bit. So, yeah. Wait, wait. Spoiler alert. It went. Alright. He's going to pour it in here. Oh, that is velvety black liquid. Holy crap. Life. That's what that movie, that song, uh, Black, black Velvet? Velvet is about. These are miles in the house. <laughs> wow. Wow. That looks like it should have Elvis painted on it. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sweetie. Well played. Yeah, it's very black velvet. Dark head, even like a nice dark tan. Uh, I'm going to take a sip, because again. The head on this beer is darker than Budweiser. Of course. The head is darker than Budweiser. <laughs> Light will not penetrate that. All oh, right. sweet Jesus, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, aged in barrels. Uh, an Imperial Stout for just rich, decadent, chocolatey. Uh, there's coffee notes in there. Wow. It's, it's like coffee. It's, it's, it's very mellow. It's not too sweet. It's not too hoppy. I get, I get like chocolate espresso beans as kind of being the lingering. You know what it tastes like? It tastes like the chocolate covered espresso beans. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of wages that. But yeah. He just said chocolate espresso, and so there, there's oh. like. Oh, I'm sorry. The, you know, the espresso that's 100% chocolate. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the 72% cacao espresso. You know, the espresso beans from the chocolate region of Chocolaté. <laughs> Chocolateville, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Wait, funny, I just had an idea for another bad movie, Chocolat. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to see Johnny Depp speak French. It's true. When he has so many other movies like The Lone Ranger. Oh, <laughs> uh, which, by the way, we saw in theaters. Yes, we did. Really, almost against our will. I mean, yeah, we paid for just, it, but yeah. there was literally nothing else playing. It was one of those things like. Can't be that bad, right? Well, no, we were in Utah. We had yeah. that layover. Yeah. And we were like, well, we're not waiting here for six hours to go watch a movie. And literally, that was the only thing playing at that cinema. Well, there were. No, that was the only thing. Oh, that's right, because it was like noon or something. When we yeah, and it was only like a two screener, and they're like, we can try death on both. Uh, and Alicia's like, all right, we're down. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't that bad, but it's. Also really fucking ridiculous. Oh my god. Anyway, we're not talking about the Lone Ranger today. No, we're not. We're talking about Event Horizon as we sit the abyss. Light literally does not penetrate this. No, it does this. not penetrate it I'm at all. I'm looking out a sunny window trying to look through it. No. This is pitch black. Mm. Almost like a black hole, as it were. Almost like a black hole. Light cannot escape it. Um, so, Event Horizon. It's a... It's basically... A futuristic sci-fi horror flick, right? Definitely. The, the, the way I see it, it's uh, it's Alien meets The Abyss, or not The Abyss, uh, Alien meets Interstellar 
meets uh, Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, I find right? that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, it's a uh, all right. Starts out there's a ragtag crew of <laughs> a ragtag crew of space adventurers. Um, they're not a ragtag crew. They're a professional crew. Are they? Are they like Marines or something? They're the rescue team. Yeah, they're, like okay. if a ship is in trouble, they're the ones who are on call. Yeah, uh, led um, by Captain Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he says, like, right in the beginning, like, if it goes down, we're on call. They were uh, on leave, yeah. and they're, they're the rescue team. Like, I guess, like, they're the ones you send out. They're the ones the Rock would be part of. Yes. Yeah. Nowadays, the captain would be the Rock in this movie, I think. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, this movie being rebooted with the Rock. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ooh, and then Sam Neill is also in this movie as the doctor who actually knows what's going on. He, he's good at playing a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Helen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a Jurassic Park theory reference for Dr. Grant. Um, so, yeah, uh, basically it's a crew of, uh, I think it was like six people, um, and then the doctor's in there, too. Uh, basically they're told, hey, uh, we received a distress signal out by the orbit of Neptune. Uh, by the way, this is in 2040, so in the next... It was 2047. Oh, 2047, that's right. Yeah. So, so it opens up with some like dialogue on the screen that talks about, in 2040, the Event Horizon, an experimental spaceship, disappeared just past Neptune. Yeah. And in 2047, the stress signal was identified by it. And yeah. so the, oh, what is, uh, the Lewis and Clark is Lewis about Clark, to go yeah, out yeah. and rescue them with its crew. Yeah. And uh, aboard ship, the ship of the Doctor, and they just head out there, not knowing exactly what they're doing, other than they're rescuing a ship. They're going into cryo sleep for fifty-seven days. Yeah, and then they show up there, and it's funny because they wake up, and then they have their debriefing. Exactly. Meeting. It's like, wait, so what are we doing out here, Captain? Like, oh well, we're just going on vacation. No, but the Doctor. Yeah, why did we leave our leave early? We have really well-deserved leave. We work yeah. our asses off. And then we've been crowd for the last two months. Now I kind of want to know what what's going on. Yeah, Doctor Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Grant. <laughs> We're going to a mysterious island near Costa Rica. No. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. That's the wrong franchise. Oh, oh, that's right. We're going past Neptune. Yeah. So basically, um, Doctor Grant yeah. invented the um, event horizon, and apparently the way it's for lack of a better word, it's warp drive work. Yeah. Is it actually folds the time space continuum and makes a little black hole right through it. Yep. It's actually the demonstration is exactly the same demonstration as in the movie Interstellar where it, like Matthew McConaughey takes the piece of paper and rubs the pencil like through the holes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's the concept of like a wrinkle in time. It's just I read that book, it's good. I, it's a fantastic book. I yeah. like the shrimp people. Yeah. And it's just like Basically, they contained a black hole in an engine. Inside their warp drive. Inside their warp drive, <laughs> basically. And it's like, instead of, you know, taking a thousand years to fly out to the nearest star with our current technology, we just, whoop, full yeah. space and time and, and you just be end there. up there. I, I, did, I did like his thing. So what is the fastest, fastest way between two points? A straight line? No, it's not traveling. Oh, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Going on. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or in layman's terms, well, it's a positronic force field with mega with gravitons. Anybody? I said layman terms, motherfucker. Okay. So, 
So <laughs> played by Richard T. Jones. Richard T. T. Jones, his character I'm pretty sure is just token black guy. <laughs> I'm sure Lawrence Fishburne was like, no, you gotta call him something better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what his name was in the movie. But, yeah. uh, all right, so the the description of how the math works on this movie versus other movies we've seen. <laughs> I, I, it's one of those things like, okay, I'll believe it. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a little separately. Like, okay, yeah, it, it teleports through time and space. Uh, the whole, like, yeah, it just, it, all it does is just bend time and space and just ends up on the other point they want to go to. That's okay. all. Well, like, what about the rest of time and space after being bended? Do they, does anything happen? No, yeah, that's fine. No, that's fine. Nothing, no, no, it's it. It's like the improbability drive in, uh, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it just happens. By the way, Richard T. Jones' character, Cooper. 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 Uh, Skipper. 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 <laughs> Just want to say. Skipper. Sorry, I used to have a pet gerbil named Cooper, and mm. so I was like, okay. D.B. Cooper, right? He's a D.B. Cooper, my little gerbil from Detroit. Well, okay, so they find they find the ship. Um, they love KC Event Horizon, and apparently it's a hell of a ship. It's a gigantic ship. It kind of looks like it, a ball of yes. It no, it well, it does. It also looks like uh, I'm trying to remember Star Trek, but it's like the it's the birds of Klingon it birds of prey. It does look like, like a bird of prey. Yeah, like the long neck and kind of the, the back end has the guidance wings <laughs> the or something. The yeah, the long shaft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, it it doesn't seem like it would fly, but you it know, have most, to fly. It yes, just has to float in yes, space. Floating float zero gravity. That makes sense. Yeah. So Dr. But, Grant. Designed it, so of course he's got to go like onto it. Yeah. Even though Florence Fishburne keeps saying like, no, you can guide us from on the loose yeah, part. Yeah, we need to guide us here from the column room, so we're gonna go check it out because they're scanning it for life life signs and all that, and it's like weird reading. Yeah, weird readings like yeah, it's life all over the place, but it's not focusing in on anything, so they gotta go not, check it out. And it's not enough for it to like be like, yeah, this is a squirrel. It's just like kind of little flecks of life. Yeah. So we have. What, what, is, what is it from science? There are amoebas on it. <laughs> you don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they go check it out. And it's, of course, zero gravity. Uh, they find a couple, as they call them, corpsicles. Uh, <laughs> there are corpsicles. Basically corpsicles. But wait, Lawrence Fishburne, when he comes in contact with the arm, his reaction <laughs> yeah. is fucking Christ! Or <laughs> 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 that is the most human reaction yeah. anyone in this movie has. And it was kind of like a slow reaction too, because it was like a little uh, glove or something like touches the side of his mask, and he's like, "Ah, sweet, fucking Christ!" Like backing up, like super slow <laughs> spaceman. Well, the gravity's not turned yeah, on yet. Yeah, exactly. And then it just like floats by, but like it's not just a glove; it's like a whole arm. Yeah, yeah, it's like a forearm and stuff too. <laughs> but. By the way, I feel like Cooper should have been laughing at him in the background. Yeah, exactly. Like, ha-ha, you okay, Captain? Ha-ha-ha. <laughs> 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 Captain God. I told you not to go in there. <laughs> Don't go in there! <laughs> All right, Cooper's character. He is, he's the, like, the medical resuscitation guy. Basically, he's their EMT. Yeah. Most unprofessional character on this show. Uh, I, he better I, be fucking amazing at his job. I kind of wanted to count how many times he said fuck in this movie, because especially <laughs> towards the end, it's like, I'm coming to fucking get you, motherfuckers. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, though, Probably as you get through the movie, yeah. now that I think about it, I guess he is really fucking good at his job because he helps, like, repair the whole fucking ship. He's yeah. an EMT who can weld, apparently, in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, um, 
Yeah. And I know how much like underwater welders make. And it's <laughs> <laughs> what about interstellar welders? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So under just so you all know, if you ever look, if you're looking for a job career that's super dangerous but makes a shit ton of money, the uh, welders take a metric shit ton of cash and multiply it by like four. <laughs> And that's what underwater welders make. Yeah, so I can imagine what space welders make. Must be some right. serious cash out there. Oh, yeah, no, he's just like, you motherfucker. Especially, especially 30 years in the future with inflation. I mean. I own Donald Trump's hair, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right. in 24 years, it might be up for sale. It's true, it's true. <laughs> for the hair piece. Uh, his collection. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so, okay, so they get on the ship. Shit starts going haywire. Uh, Everything's like malfunctioning. The Lewis and Clark get damaged, and so they have to so evacuate the ship. So the 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 like the the woo drive <laughs> that Doctor Grant invented starts like turning on and going crazy, and then and in its starting up, it damages the Lewis and Clark, and actually just like puts That's a big right. hole in the hull. It sucks in the uh, baby bear. Oh my god. Yeah, so there's a character named Baby Bear. Yeah. I, I remember it was really a Taylor or Justin or something. I'll pull shit it like up that. here. Uh, he's, he's a young crew member, even though he seems to be like. Justin. Early 20s. I mean. Mm, I'd say he might even be like 25. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's the junior member of the crew, but not saying much. I they mean, call him Baby Bear. Yeah. Everyone calls him Baby Bear. He's like, he sees it turning on, and of course, in the middle is this cool, like. Uh, basically a lot like the abyss, like that liquid effect or whatever, yeah. where you're like, oh, like, you just have to touch it, and then it sucks him right in. Well, like fear. Oh, well, well, yes. Well, okay. So <laughs> so it does its thing. It ruptures Lewis and Clark. Uh, they go in and try to get him because he's on a little tether, and, of course, uh, Cooper like, I'm coming for you, baby bear. Oh, and I'm like, oh, baby, baby, baby bear. I got you, baby bear. I got you. And it, kind of, it comes back out just as Cooper gets out there and it has a little ripple effect thing and that's what damages the ship and they have to evacuate Lewis and Clark and well, get Lewis and Clark, on the like, straight up just catches on fire on yeah, the inside. Yeah. Like, everything bursts it, in the it, ca- it catches on sparklers. <laughs> <laughs> and then it catches on fire. That, that's no, it catches on John Woo movies. Yes. <laughs> I almost expected doves to be popping out behind all the sparklers. <laughs> stuff and explosion. Is that what's setting off the life sensor? It's, it's, it's a 90s movie, everybody. It's pretty good. Um, I miss the sparkler effects. I won't lie. I straight up miss watch, that in watch action Watch more Michael movies. Bay movies. Um, <laughs> I like Michael Bay, though. Well, there you go. It, it, it's the price you got to pay sometimes. Oh, um, sparklers or Michael Bay? Where, where is John Woo? Where has John Woo gone? He's making movies in China. Like, like epic... $300 million movies that are like eight hours long, apparently. America, we turned our backs on a treasure, <laughs> and he abandoned us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to start a Kickstarter to bring John Woo back. Oh, wait, actually, maybe I'm thinking of Ang Lee. You know what? You're I'm thinking th- Ang Lee. I'm thinking of Ang Lee, because I was just going to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, the Hulk sucked, so we told him to <laughs> go make movies elsewhere. And he did. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think John Woo just lays on a bed of cash, yeah. surrounded by like sixteen-year-old like cocktail waitresses. You, you, going, <laughs> you think it's his uh, face-off residuals? Yes, I know it is. <laughs> I feel like um, the reason why Nicolas Cage is broke might be like he owes John Woo like shit ton of money. Like I'll start a movie, you can have my cut. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more money for God. I know, Mr. Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's that's his accent, correct? 
<laughs> I have an interview with him, but it's late, late, Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Moo is here in the, in the uh, podcast studios <laughs> with us. Hello. <laughs> hey, um, my name is John Moo. <laughs> <laughs> my name is John. Woo! <laughs> Woo! The extra O is for awesome! <laughs> wow, trying to make me spit up the abyss, and it almost happened. Wow, good job, sweetie. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so event horizon. Uh, so the ship is damaged, so they have to evacuate and get on the event horizon, which they basically know nothing about. And it looks like a creepy fucking fun house of evil just, and terror. It disappeared huh, off the face of the earth. No, it disappeared off the, the face of the universe for seven years. They have no idea what it's, where it's been, what it's been doing. It just literally like, just reappears. And then everybody starts having hallucinations about their like worst fears coming true. They figure out like there's uh, one uh, there's one uh, I want to say medical technician or whatever. She's having visions of like her son who was in a wheelchair back home and it was uh, Peter's. Yeah, she's a med tech. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's a son who. Uh, so there's like a video earlier. Yeah. Um, when we're getting to know all the characters, where she's son who appears to have what appears to be like cerebral palsy or something in yeah, that he's like having a birthday family. party or something and, and he's wheelchair bound and she has a vision that he's on the medical table and his legs are just full of lesions and maggots and yeah it's pretty nasty yeah it's pretty gross and it's stuff like it's like uh, Dr. Grant uh, he's having visions of his dead wife uh, who With apparently no committed suicide yeah she has like her eyeballs are gouged out and, and she's like you left me but we mm. can be together forever Never, never, never. Like, like, like that part's like, like a lot. A lot of elements in this movie are like The Shining. It's like mm-hmm. The Shining in space. Like it's just yeah. space madness all around. Um, and then they start putting pieces together as Doctor Grant explains to them, like we don't know where it went and blah blah blah. And there's like the the black box footage. Well, I say black box. It's a DVD, DVD ROM drive. <laughs> Um, of like their last transmissions, they're trying to decipher. Like first, they decipher the audio, and it's some guy saying in Latin, "Save me." Um, they think it's they think that's what me. it says. Um, and then there's like video they can't quite decipher. Then they start being able to run through filters and stuff. And, and it start first. It starts off with them like, "Hey, this is our last day. We're about to do the jump, tr- the warp drive. It's gonna be great." Yeah. Uh, and and then the last part is all, <laughs> is all, you know, like gibberish, and then they finally get that second part done. It's the captain has gouged his own eyeballs out, yeah. and he's like ripping the eyeballs out of his it fellow is, people. It is an infamous uh, blood orgy scene, um, <laughs> as it's called. So, so this movie's about an hour and 40, 45 minutes or something like that. Apparently it was originally well over two hours. And basically the 30 minutes they cut out, it was originally going to be like NC-17 because it is Hellraiser on fucking acid. It is director Paul W.S. Anderson, who, as Izzy knows, but I don't think you guys know, he's basically living my life as a 13-year-old child. Um, When I'm 13, here's what I want to do. I wanted to make movies based on video games while married to Mila Jovovich. And just rake in the fucking dough. Check. Uh, that's Paul W. S. Anderson. Uh, he he's done the uh, 
uh, Mortal Kombat movie. Resident well, the first Evil. one. Where all the Resident Evil all movies, because no one else will. <laughs> uh, he's married to Mia Jovovich because she only marries the actors that she works for. Yeah. Um, what else has he done? Oh, the Alien vs. Predator movies that I've been yeah. wanting since I was 12 years old. Yeah. Uh, all the greatest the, fanfic of all time. Even did that reboot of the Three Musketeers, which was absolutely ridiculous. It's true. We, we're going to have to do that movie oh, on here. Oh, absolutely. Because it's uh, 2011. If you guys haven't seen it, holy shit, it's ridiculous. So spoiler alert: I have not seen it. You will hear my reaction. Oh, it is fantastic. Um, what's the other one? Oh, Pompeii. That Pompeii one that we watched. Oh God, Pompeii is bad. I, I. I have a, thing, a paper I wrote in AP English Lit that was basically a screenplay for a movie about Pompeii. I shit you not. That was I'm 1999. Sure I'm sure yours was <laughs> way better than that one. That one was horrible. Actually, not going to lie. Actually, really, really similar. <laughs> that movie was, as I heard the newest Independence Day described, a garbage fire. I, the really creepy part about it, I even had Kiefer Sutherland starring in it. Although, at the time, he was the younger gladiator-type person <laughs> in it. Yeah. It, it, it was creepy when I heard it was coming out, and it was like, oh, this motherfucker's, like, reading my high school yearbook or something. Ooh, anyway. quick side note. Are Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland and Donald Sutherland ever in a movie together? Um, shit. I don't know offhand. Yeah, um, I don't know either. Yeah, I, I'm. Ah, goddamn, I'm trying to like think if there's like, oh, they play father and son. Oh my gosh, I don't know a whole lot about Donald Sutherland movies though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little before my time. Were, were they both in Mash? <laughs> no. Okay, so uh, just found an article. Apparently, they have not played in a movie together. But a, there's a movie. I don't know if it's in production or if it already got made. This article is a little bit old. But apparently there's going to be a western, uh, Forsaken, and they play oh. father and son. Well, that makes sense. That'd be interesting. Yeah. What about uh, Kiefer's brother, Emilio Sutherland? <laughs> does, does he even exist, or am I just... <laughs> <laughs> he does not. Wow. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> please, please stop Googling it. I, I don't want to know if it's real. <laughs> so, so Event Horizon. Ship starts going down. Uh, she gets really, really gruesome. Um... Like, so even in this version, it is a hard R. It's... Uh, okay, so it's a hard R, but it's a hard 90s R. As somebody who's yeah, not well, a huge gore fan, yeah. some of the stuff is like, ugh. But it's so quick. Yeah. Like, I can totally deal with it. I'm a total pussy when it comes to gore. I don't do gore. Yeah, I can understand. So, do you want to hear about the infamous blood orgy scene that was a lot longer? Alright, so real quick, let's just... Say all right. So basically, the plot of this movie is they they find um yeah, they find it the, oh, the yeah, ship. They find the ship. They get on it. Their ship gets blown up. They have to try and fix it. Doesn't work. Doctor Grant goes crazy. Tries to kill everybody. Everybody's yeah. having weird hallucinations. One of the black guys makes it. I'm not going to tell you who. And they end up blowing up the event horizon. Yeah. And they find out where it's been for seven years. It's, it's essentially hell. hell. It's another dimension, but it's basically hell. And, and it brought something back, but we're unclear what. Yeah, like some presence or whatever has. Oh, and the ship the is ship. alive. Yeah, the ship's the ship, alive. The ship yeah, is alive yeah. now. And it won't let you leave. That's right. 
taken over. All right. So yeah. So I mean, that's the basic plot of it. Get it now. Let's get into what we never got to see. Uh, apparently, there's like weird bootleg versions of it out there, but it's not the full version because basically, once they cut the half hour out, they destroyed the footage or something, or it just wasn't taken care of. You know, it's yeah storage space and stuff. But the infamous blood orgy video was also a lot longer. Parts which are still in the scene, like one of the crew sticking his fingers deep into his own eyes, and the female crew member sodomizing male crew members with an iron pipe were even more violent in the original version of the scene. There were also a lot more shots of Event Horizon crew naked and covered in blood, having violent sex and raping and eating each other. More graphic versions of the scene where a man pulls his intestines out of his mouth, that, that was actually in the streaming thing, uh, one crew member is held and stabbed in the back of the head with a spike, and part of his mouth and teeth drop out. Other crew members... Uh, other crew member is crawling on floor while others are hitting his legs with steel bars, smashing them to pieces as he screams and is crawling away, leaving pieces of his legs behind. One girl has screws drilled into her teeth. Other girl is hailed while her arm is broken with a hunk of metal. One more girl has her breast mauled and then ripped off by another crew member. Some other parts of the scene were also cut. reason why this scene disturbed test audiences is because filmmakers, in order to make the scene more realistic and therefore a lot more violent, hired real-life amputees for special effects scenes <gasps> where Event Horizon crew members had their body parts damaged in many ways, and porn actors were hired to make the sex and rape scenes more graphic. According to producer Jeremy Bolt and director Paul W.S. Anderson, some audience members during screening of the rough cut of the movie started fainting while watching this scene. Wow. Wow. Fucking Wow. Uh, there's also, like, apparently the, the couple death scenes they have in this movie were also more violent. Like, the guy who was splayed out that they showed from a distance, apparently he was hanging by his own intestines. And now, see, in the scene that we saw, he's hung on a hook. Yeah, yeah, he's hung on a hook. So like, 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 back hook that? things you've seen in other movies, probably, if you're the a contortionist, like, me. like, the hang from. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, like, the, what are they called, the freaks or whatever, the carnival? Uh, blockheads. Blockheads, yeah, yeah, where they yeah. do the nails and then they hang by their back. Yeah. Meat. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you dare, I found a couple of YouTube videos we could probably play some audio from. Who? Roar? Oh my god. They're only 55 seconds long. Okay. Here we Um, go, guys. Well, Steve, keep talking about, uh, is there any other? About what we're seeing? Uh, Okay. Well, uh, yeah, so it's it's not really a movie. I have to check it out. Oh, here we go. They're basically just sitting, staring. Oh, yeah, there's family sex going on. Oh, wow. Okay, holding up eyeballs. Missing his eyeballs. I think no, that, yeah. <laughs> that might be my exactly. greatest line in this movie. An absolutely correct response after watching that, and, and that's actually I, I think that's just what was on that the was, version we saw. Yeah, that was just the regular version one. But yeah, no, th- there's a scene where it's like it's just it's super graphic images. They're watching it on a screen. Basically, the ship brought it up for them. Like, hey, this is what I've been doing since I last saw you. <laughs> and Lawrence Fisher, Fishburne, his expression does not change. He just goes, "We're leaving." <laughs> like totally deadpan, "We're leaving." You do this, you do this, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. We're getting out of here. Fuck this place. By the way, all right, so Lawrence Fishburne in this, he's yeah. a really good captain. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He does Very everything right. 
Yeah, he doesn't overreact. No. Even when he's having that hallucination, he's like, I know you're not real. I know you're not real. Yeah, like, and like, he, like, when his crew members say, like, oh my god, I just saw something, he's like, tell me what you saw. Yeah. Is it, are you tired? Or do you think it was real? What do you think it was? Do you think it became yeah. sort of interference? Like, he... Even when Dr. Grant's like, that's impossible, that's stupid, you're an idiot, blah, 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 he's like, shut the fuck up and let the man talk. Well, he doesn't necessarily say shut the fuck up. He goes, we'll hear from you in a minute, yeah. basically finish your story, and then we're going to hear what the doctor has to say about it, and then I'm going to go, I'll make a decision based on both your information. Yeah. He doesn't say all of that. Yeah, but yeah exactly. That's pretty much the tone. Yeah. yeah, like, he's a really good captain. I agree. So, check this movie out. Oh, for sure. Even if you have a squeamish stomach, I mean, you can kind of tell when the squeamish stuff is coming up and you can kind of look away or whatever. But As somebody who is very squeamish... The, the cuts are, s like, it's so just, like, quick flashes. You don't even have time to, like, be like, oh, I'm traumatized. You're just like, oh, it's gone now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so when I was watching this when I was 16, you know, it was back in the 90s, too, but I was just, I, I was covered in scars and stuff, and a lot of people in this movie were covered in scars yeah. and stuff and having scars inflicted upon them. And I was even like, Oh, okay, this is just kind of creepy. Oh, I can see but how, like, Dr. Grant's face towards the end of yeah. the movie, while you had your face reconstructed, yeah. would definitely be hitting a little bit of a sore nerve. Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, I don't need to be watching this. But but then it was, like, wrapping up. It was, like, the last ten minutes. And I'm like, eh, might as well watch it to the end. I can always forget it later. Spoiler alert, you probably won't. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honey, you know what? Are you feeling I'm, a little parched? I'm feeling a little parched. Alright, well, luckily I have another beverage for you. Ooh, do you? I do. It is from North Coast Brewing, old number 38 stout. Mmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see, the description they have here is, Named for a retired steam engine on the California Western Railroad Redwood route, old number 38 stout is a smooth, firm-bodied stout with a roasted, uh, toasted character and coffee notes of dark malt and roasted barley. Alright, let me get the uh, bottle opener for this guy. Alright. Yeah, this looks like the really, really delightful beverage. Do you have a cup? I do have another cup, honey. Alright. Alright, so he's looking for a cup and a bottle opener. Alright. <laughs> trying to trying to make it make a noise. Alright, so this is a very dark beer, but you can actually see through it a little bit. It's got a ruby tint. And although it's super, super dark, it is very clear. It's got a light, uh, it's darker than yeah. ivory, like a cream colored head. Yeah, cream. yeah. Mm. She's taking a sip. She seems Ooh, to be enjoying nice. it. Yeah. yeah. Is it a uh, lower octane than uh, the other? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> By yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. You know, compared to the Abyss, it's almost fruity. It's, this is not a fruity beer. Like, this is a good, yeah. solid yeah. stout. Yeah, it's definitely a little, uh, little leaner, probably like 5%. You know, mm -hmm. like a like a standard stout you would find, like almost like a Guinness. Uh, probably a little more robust than that. Like, it's got the coffee notes. And, yeah. Um, Sadly, yeah. here in America, it's what you want. You would want Guinness to be. Yeah. Our yeah. Guinness isn't good. It's not, typically. But uh, you can find a good... Uh, English style stout, or even like mm -hmm. an American style, with little hoppier notes and stuff here. Yeah, you can definitely check it out. That's a definitely a good beer to start out with. If you know all you've drinking before is Budweiser and you're looking to branch out a bit. 
Yeah, very chocolatey. Yeah. Yeah, and like, don't be afraid of dark beers. Just because it's dark doesn't mean it's bitter. This is not a bitter no, beer at no. all. Again, very chocolatey. A little bit of coffee, though, not too much. So if you're not a big fan of coffee, but you're a fan of chocolate, I think you'd really enjoy this. Yeah. And I think this is one of the uh, signature staples of the American Stout or uh, guidelines. Style from the yeah, uh, style guidelines. From the BJCC. The Beer Judging Certification Program. Yeah. So yeah, let's check it out. All right. Well, Event Horizon. Would you like to hear some fun facts? Fun facts. Well, as I mentioned before, the original version of the movie that was first couple screenings was about 30 minutes longer and had the blood orgy and a lot gorier, apparently. <laughs> Uh, which makes me wonder, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, so I, I mentioned earlier this is like a mix of uh, Alien meets Interstellar and Hellraiser. It's a little bit of like sunshine. A little bit of sunshine, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's because uh, the director of Hellraiser, Clive Barker, was apparently a major consultant uh, with director Paul W.S. Anderson on this movie. Ooh. Which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because, Definitely. Yeah. He, he makes some creepy, dark movies. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's creepy and dark, but with, like, a weird little, like, campiness to it. And I think that's what kind of saves this movie for me. It's a little bit campy. It is, it is a little bit, yeah. I, I would I would totally agree with that. And uh, have you ever wondered what Event Horizon is referring to? What is Event Horizon referring to? Event Horizon refers to... I'm trying to follow the exact definition here online while I'm telling you. But uh, essentially, it's like the outer rim of a black hole, oh. where um, essentially it's the part where it's like it's so dense that even light can't escape it, um, and it's kind of like the edge of what known science is, and blah blah blah. Uh, mm -hmm. Hold on, I'm trying to find the exact definition I found here. Anyway, it was named after the theoretical boundary surrounding a black hole within which gravitational attraction is so great that nothing, not even radiation, can escape because the escape velocity is greater than the speed of light. Mm -hmm. Technically, it is where the physical universe ends and the physical laws no longer apply, so the ship's name is symbolic for its journey beyond the borders of the known universe. Ooh. Deep, right? So deep. I had no idea about that when I was watching it. Okay. I like that. <laughs> no. Event Horizon, that's just random words thrown together. But. I did think it sounds super awesome, though. Another fun fact. Mm -hmm. Did you know this movie essentially saved American cinema? What? How so, you may ask? How? See, how? How so can Event Horizon, a movie realistically most people have heard of but have never seen, save American or, cinema? Or have seen like a super crappy TV version of it on mm -hmm. USA or something. That was the first one yeah. I ever saw. Yeah. Um, so, Paul W.S. Anderson, mm -hmm. he makes movies of questionable merit. <laughs> um, however, they make a lot of money because he makes them on a super tight budget and they always produce like double the money you put into them. Oh, real quick, I'm going to pause you. Where did a third of the budget for this movie go, honey? Apparently, there's a opening sh uh, one of the in the opening scene where Dr. Grant is introduced, there's a shot of him on a space station overlooking Earth. And it's like a, it's one of those shots where he's like in a room and it like pans back to show he's in a space station. And then it pans back even more to show the space stations over Earth. And it's kind of like a rotational shot, blah, blah, blah. Apparently that like 12 to 15 seconds of video cost about a third of the budget of this movie. Wow. 
That I'm not even sure how that's a thing unless it's like they actually launched Samuel up into space and <laughs> had him board a space station, and then there's a guy <laughs> in an astronaut suit careening out into space while spinning. <laughs> No, visual effects used to be expensive as fuck. That's true, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's interesting to me. Yeah. All right, so back to... Oh, but back back to how this movie saved cinema. Uh, so he made he made money. He made money, mm-hmm. and that's why he's, yeah. he's, he's still making money for investors and himself and everybody and going yeah. home to Mila Jovovich, and I assume they have children by now. Oh, they'd be so beautiful and mediocrely talented. <laughs> 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 I love it. Um... But, apparently, he was offered several movies, um, and he decided to make this one instead, because he had just made Mortal Kombat and made a shit ton of money. Mortal Kombat! Um, And so he was offered the option to direct, um, apparently, the X-Files movie, which, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. he didn't didn't make whatever. Uh, Alien Resurrection, you know, the fourth one that... uh, Nobody liked. um, and uh, I, I, I like it. It's okay, but yeah, it's, it was. The dire- the alien it was from the director of Amelie and written by Joss Whedon. Uh, That's an interesting mix. <laughs> Amelie, overrated. Um, but he also turned down the X Men movie. He was offered to direct the original X Men movie in 2000 and decided to turn it down so that he could make this movie because he wanted to do a hard R movie. Like yeah. he was tired of making that PG 13 bullshit. Bit more combat kind of was. <laughs> um, yeah, he. So Paul W. S. Anderson could have been the director of the X Men movie. So if Paul W. S. Anderson created X Men. It probably would have been like every Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. And realistically, they would not have probably made very many more. Or if they did, they'd be like the Resident Evil movies. Yeah, they would just be like straight to DVD, Ooh. whatever. Which means. However. But that means we would probably wouldn't have had Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, which, whether you like it or not, really helped catapult all of all of the, all the like, superhero movies. All superhero movies. Yeah. So all the wonderful superhero movies you're enjoying today, think back 20 years ago when Paul W. S. Anderson said, said, "No, I want to make Hellraiser in space." Hold up. That means Paul W. S. Anderson could have saved us from Batman v Superman. Or Batman and Robin. I've actually been on Batman and Robin would have been about the time this movie came out. Mm. Yeah, Wait, so pa- Paul W. S. Anderson does Batman and Robin. It'd be a lot bloodier. <laughs> <laughs> Batman with a machete. Uh, but yeah, so so Paul W. S. This movie saved us from having Paul W. S. Anderson make the X Men movie. However, mm-hmm. one of my major quarrels with the X Men movie was that mm-hmm. Anna Paquin was rogue. You know who would have played Rogue if Paul W. Oh, Anderson was shit. making it? <laughs> Mila Jovovich would have been Rogue. Yes, it would have been fucking amazing. That would have been really <laughs> fucking good. Oh my god, and Samuel would have been Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> hold up, hold up. I might be on board now with this alternate reality we live in. Where, where there's no Hugh Jackman and... <laughs> Not that I have a problem with Hugh Jackman. He's a great Wolverine. Give it a rest, guys. We get it. He looks like Wolverine. Like, we get it. <laughs> Fucking get it. So, yeah, it's a fun fact. Paul W. Sanderson was apparently offered X-Men and decided to do this, and it got pushed back a couple of years. So then uh, Brian Singer could come in and do good. I don't know. <laughs> there we uh, go. 
Although now that I think about it, I really just just for the sake of our podcast, kind of want to go back and watch a Paul W S Anderson version of the <laughs> X Men movie that's so sequel begging and so full of ridiculousness. And, oh, it would have been amazing. But one thing's for sure. Patrick Stewart would have still played Professor Xavier because he was born for that fucking role. Oh, no one else can play <laughs> Professor X. When the day we lose Patrick Stewart will be a loss for the world, the known yeah. universe, and they can no longer make any more X-Men movies. It's true. It will have to halt right e- there. Even if McAvoy is stricken bald and... <laughs> Hold up. You know who's bald and an amazing actor? Stanley yeah. Tucci. <gasps> yeah, that's... Picture it. Wow. I don't know. It's different. It's different. It's different, but... It, but is it wrong? If anyone could pull it off, I would think it would be the Tucci. If you have to pass the torch... The Tucci, Mama. Oh, Stanley Tucci. So, yeah, that's... Uh, I think that's all the fun facts I really have. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Check that shit out. It's uh, it's streaming. It's a trip. Yeah, it's streaming on Netflix and probably Amazon and all those too. But yeah, definitely on yeah. Netflix. That's how we watched it. You should watch it and watch Lawrence Fishburne play probably his most realistic character. I mean, as oh, far I'm as sorry, like his most realistic uh, character as a space captain in 2047 orbiting yeah, Neptune. Yeah, but like where he acts like the most human. Oh, you haven't seen Boys in the Hood, too. I think I'm going to go ahead and still or, go with this. Or Platoon? Or Matrix? Uh, I've seen all of this. I don't know. I feel or like... Or Predators? Oh, Predators is <laughs> Pre- awesome. Predators, plural? Predators <laughs> is awesome. Oh, we may have to just review all of the Predator movies. I'm down. The, the Predator Cinematic Universe. You hear your folks coming in 2018. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. So, so many horrible sequels to... To choose from. Mm. Mm. We'll figure it out, though. Mm, honey, suck ass sequel month is coming. Sorry, September is going to be suck ass sequel month. If you have a sequel that we need to watch and review for you or voice our ridiculous opinions about, text us. You know how to find us. And keep in mind that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sequel doesn't necessarily just mean the second one. Oh, no. It could be the fourth, the fifth, the 27th. Revenge of the Nerds 4. It could be Fast and Furious 7. <laughs> Le- See, leprechaun in space <laughs> the problem with Fast, the Fast and Furious franchise is they're actually getting better five is better than one guaranteed well, that's, that's easy yeah <laughs> uh, alrighty well I guess until next time I'm Steve and I'm Izzy and this is everything you learn from, from movies. movies go watch Event Horizon everybody meow and have a good night <laughs>